Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. And you work your way up to all of those promotions, and, and you finally get the job. After the first three months and you're sitting in this big office and you got, well, I used to have three and a half thousand people working for me, I sat there and I thought, is this it? It's interesting how many people can succeed at the goals that they set for themselves and then find themselves not happy after they've achieved it. She tells a lot of stories about success growing out of failure in such a way that it, that the failure doesn't devastate you, but that it instead gives you something to learn from it. Right. Hi, this is Colin, and I wanted to ask you a favor. It would really help Ryan and I if you could spend a moment and complete a review of the podcast. Positive reviews help us get out to more people, and we love hearing from our listeners and seeing what people have written. So please, just take a moment and complete a review. Thanks very much for your help. So Ryan, imagine you're laying on a beach, and you're listening to this podcast, and you're thinking... As, as I do. And you're thinking, I wish I had a good book to read. I don't understand the premise. Have I run out of podcast episodes <laughs> of the Intuitive you, you've run, That's a good point. You've run out of podcast episodes. You've now just got to read a book, okay? Okay, well, then I'm going to have to pick up a book on grieving. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I thought that... Um, given summer reading season, right? Yeah, summer reading season on the beach. Just to show that I'm a bit of a geek. Whenever it is that I used to go on holiday with the family, I used to treat that as my time for reading business books. Um, which yeah, is quite I read sad trashy novels. Um, oh, we both we both read. Yes. <laughs> so we are going to go through today seven books that either changed our lives or we just thought were pretty good. So given that this is a customer experience podcast, the book that I'm going to mention to start off with is The Experience Economy by Pine and Gilmore, which was the seminal book. I think it came out back in the end of 1998, something like that. And I read this when I was in corporate life. And we had Joe Pine on the on the show a few weeks ago. We did. He was great. This set me on the, the, the whole view of well what's a customer experience so obviously pine and gilmore talked about the fact that there is we don't people just don't buy products or services 
uh, they buy experiences. And therefore, that sort of led me down all that track of, well, what's an experience and what's a customer experience? And this literally changed my life because as I read it, we then put a big program in place at uh, British Telecom where I was working at the time. And then once we did that, I then thought, well, actually, this is going to be a big topic, I think. And therefore, started Beyond Philosophy on the back of that back in 2002, wrote my own book. Uh, but it's a really good book that if you want to understand the experience economy and Joe and uh, Jim have, have recently updated it as well, it's a really good book to get your teeth into to understand what the experience economy is about. And not to overstate it, but that book kind of was the foundation for the entire customer experience yes. movement. Yes. I mean, it, it, did at least as much, if not more, than any other single book to define this area and this perspective and, and that kind of way of thinking about customers. Yeah, it did it very much so. And it sort of set off people like my good self going, well, okay, so that's experience. So, you know, what's a customer experience? And, you know, what? How to, it's not just rational, it's emotional and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, absolutely. What's your first one? This is a book that I keep coming back to mentally. Um, it was surprising and interesting in, in a lot of ways, and I keep thinking about it in my teaching and my consulting. The book is called The End of Average, How We Succeed in a World That Values Sameness by Todd Rose. The basic idea is it's almost a, a technical statistical finding but then he, the author spins out a lot of really important implications from it. And essentially, the, the argument is when we're dealing with a large enough group of people, say a group of customers, and when we're looking at more than just a couple of dimensions, so if these customers have a set of preferences, then the average of that group of people across all those dimensions essentially describes no one. So there's nobody at the middle of that. So if you right. if you approach business or life as as trying to aim for the average customer right. or try to serve the average student or try to make the average employee happy, you are probably serving no one well. Right. The question of who's our typical customer. Yeah. The answer is there isn't one. Yes. Yeah. And so he has some very entertaining examples where he illustrates that point. He talks about designing the cockpit of fighter jets. And he talks about these newspaper competitions at the turn of the last century where they tried to find the ideal woman by looking at the measurements of thousands of women and all this kind of stuff. So he's, he's a good storyteller. And then the, the last, I don't know, half of the book is just implications, implications for education, implications for business, implications for politics. So it was great. I, I really, it was eye-opening for me and I enjoyed it. Excellent. Let me talk to you about my next one. So my next one is Who Moved My Cheese? Have you read this? I don't know if you've read A classic book. Yeah. Yeah. I read this roughly the time that I was doing this work on customer experience at, uh, at British Telecom. And I was thinking, yeah, I think that customer experience was going to be the next wave. At the time as well, I had been promoted up to the point where I 
had originally envisaged me being. So, you know, when you're sort of 20, you go, wouldn't it be great if I got there? Right. When I read this, it really hit home to me because Who Moved My Cheese? It's, it's a really good book because it's one of these ones that you can read in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. But the main premise is, and this is based around a, a story of two mice and these two mice, there's cheese in this maze and these these mice go to this cheese every day and, and suddenly one day this cheese disappears. And one of the mouse, mice, my, mouse, mice, I should have said zebra, shouldn't I? It would have been easier to say zebra. One of the mice turned around and sort of goes, well, who's moved my cheese? And spent the rest of the time sulking and moaning and complaining that, you know, somebody had moved their cheese and it was their cheese and they didn't have the right to move it. And it's obviously drawing the analogy really of, of human life, really. Sure. Which is, we think these things are just going to carry on and on and on. It, it, it actually, think about it now, it's a bit like pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, you wouldn't have thought there was going to be a pandemic. And then suddenly something comes along that totally changes everybody's life. One of the mouse mice <laughs> is complaining, etc. The other one goes, well, the cheese is gone. I better go and look for some new cheese, basically. Mm. It asked a couple of questions that really hit home to me, okay? The question it asked me that really struck me was, what would you do if you weren't scared? Mm. Bear in mind, here am I, I've got three kids, they're all just about to go to university, I've got a highly paid corporate job, and now I'm thinking of setting up my own company and, and you know, effectively starting at the beginning again. Yeah, It's a big decision, basically. When I thought that, you go, well, what would you do if you weren't scared? And, and if I wasn't scared, I'd have started Beyond Philosophy. But I was scared because I'm going to lose all this and what happens if it's not successful and what happens if customer experience isn't successful, blah, 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 blah. And what happens if I write a book and it's I find it in the bargain basement store for you know 25 pence next week? It really hit home to me. And I think given where people are with the pandemic now, we've talked about long and hard about people changing their habits. It's a really worthwhile investment just to have a read of it and just to take a step back and go, where are you and where are you going? And key question, what would you do if you weren't scared? That's great. That's great. It's interesting how many people can succeed at the goals that they set for themselves and then find themselves not happy after they've achieved it, either because they they thought that it would be something different or they essentially were too focused on the end instead of on the process. So I, I think that these periodic reevaluations of where we are and what we want and, and how we want to go about it are really, really useful. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it said this in the book, but I'm pretty sure it did. One of the observations it made, which was entirely true, building on what you're just saying, is the exciting thing is the journey. Yeah. So what I learned was when I was 20 and I said to myself, if I'm going to be successful, I would get to this position. And that was like a number of promotions. And you work your way up to all of those promotions and and you finally get the job. After the first three months and you're sitting in this big office and you got, I used to have three and a half thousand people working for me. I sat there and I thought, is this it? Is this now what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? What I realized to your point was the fun was getting there, not being there. Yeah. 
The same has been absolutely true with Beyond Philosophy. The fun has been getting from working in my room, talking about customer experience and nobody else having a bloody clue what it meant, all the way through to where we are where we are now, which is obviously it's a major topic. We're one of the leading consultancy companies, written seven books on the subject, blah, 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 blah. The fun bit has been that journey to get there. Yeah, I, I think it's great. What is your digital or physical experience like from a customer perspective? What should you change? How do you compare against your competition? Whether you're a small, medium or large size organization, why not let me or one of the team review your digital or physical experience by undertaking what we call an experience health check. In this short and affordable engagement, we will act as a customer. And if that's not practical, we will talk to your customers and we will assess your experience against best practice. We will then provide you with a series of actionable recommendations for change. If you're interested in finding out more, just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash healthcheck. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash healthcheck. What about your next one? All right, so this one is called Uncontrolled, the surprising payoff of trial and error for business, politics, and society. Mm. It's by a guy named Jim Manzi. Right. You and I have talked on the podcast several times about the importance of experimentation and and testing your ideas through experiments. Uh, Manzi ran a cons- or I, he might might still run it a consulting firm that essentially would partner with businesses to help them run field experiments, so help right. them run actual experiments of ideas of different programs and different uh, methods and so on. And so he's got a lot of great experience. He's got a lot of great war stories about this. And he makes the case really strongly for the importance of experimentation and actually testing it. Part of why I love the book and recommend it to people, though, is also because I disagree with with Manzi on one kind of fundamental aspect. So I agree with him completely about the importance of experimentation and how vital it is. And I think he gives great advice on how to do that. His approach to experimentation, though, is much more in the line of A-B testing and kind of brute force empiricism, where let's just try stuff and see what works. As you know, Colin, and I know one of your favorite things about me, I am much more interested in theory and the importance just, of that's theory. just one of the things. One of the many things that one you, of the things, yeah. you adore about me. Yeah, I've said before, I, I remain a little existentially threatened by the name of your company. <laughs> I don't think we need to get beyond philosophy. Thank you very much. We should just intellectualize everything and not go anywhere. Correct. Philosophy's great. <laughs> yeah. But despite the fact that that I have a slightly different perspective on, so I think that theory should drive our hypotheses, which we then test experimentally. Yeah. And Manzi and, and frankly, a lot of other very, very smart people think a lot of times muddling around with theory is kind of a waste of time. Let's get straight to testing things. And then even if we don't know why that, that works better, we know that it works better. And, and that may, that's enough to make our decisions. I encourage, especially my students, I encourage them to read that perspective because it is as good a defense of that kind of brute force empiricism approach of any that I've read. And I think that he makes great points. So it was a great book. I've enjoyed reading it and I recommend it too. Uh, people frequently. And just building on that, I think one of the things that we've talked about often, 
has been too many organizations don't experiment enough. Yes. I find it quite surprising. And when they dip their toe in and they find that the experiment they run did not produce results, in other words, whatever they wanted to try turned out to be no different than what they'd been doing before, too often they then blame experimentation as the problem, as opposed to acknowledging most of the stuff we tried doesn't work anyway. It's just without experiments, we don't know whether it worked or not. I think it's uh, from a corporate culture perspective. Yes. Organizations I've I've worked for and with, it's just the fear of failure. That's absolutely embedded in there. Absolutely. Having the view that failure is good as long as it's done quickly. And it's that sort of famous Edison quote, isn't it? You know, of well, I now know that that doesn't work or, you know, that that shows that uh, I don't know how many experiments he did, but 300 million experiments probably didn't do that many, but that didn't work. So that's something else we know doesn't work. There just seems to be a fear of failure, which seems, seems to stifle that experimentation and creativity. I think that's a huge part of it. When we don't know for sure then it's possible that we can spin a story about how we're already winning. Yes. When you know for sure, there's less wiggle room. Ideally, though, it also provides you with a better foundation for moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Okay, my next one. By the way, we're going to put all of these in the show notes and we'll put links to these books in the show notes as well. So my one is is actually quite an old one. It probably shows my age now, but I still, it really affected me when I was, well, back in the day. And I still talk about it. And it's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm -hmm. It's more of a self-improvement book and it talks about you as a person. And, and let me talk you through the seven habits. And we'll also put a link in the show notes to a sort of a brief synopsis of it. But let me quickly go through these seven habits because I, I, I think these will be good for the listener. One is be proactive. Pretty obvious. Don't wait things for happen to you. Think things through yourself and, and go out there and do stuff. You know, it's funny. As I sit here and I read these... I now see myself in these, which shows the effect that these these had on me. The second one is um, begin with the end in mind, which is really about the strategy, which is you got to define what, in customer experience terms, what's the experience you're trying to deliver and then work back to go, okay, well, if that's what we're trying to do, then, then how are we going to get there? Number three is put first things first. I always remember him using a picture of a of a jar. Imagine a jam jar. Imagine if you fill this jam jar full of large rocks and you put them in the rocks and you go, well, if it is it full? And you go, well, yeah, it's full. But actually you can then put smaller rocks in it and then you can put sand in it and then you can put water in it that fills it all up, basically. But the point is, is what's the main thing? What's the most important thing that you're trying to achieve? And the, the lesson of that object lesson is if you'd started with the water and the sand, then you wouldn't, in fact, be able to fit the large rocks in. Correct. Later. Absolutely. So starting with the most important stuff allows you to get more stuff done. Yes. We get distracted on tiny little things. I mean, a, an example that's just popped through my mind is just social media. How much time do we spend just cruising social media 
and you think actually if you spent all that time and you allocated it to this project or whatever. So putting the first things first. Number four is uh, think win-win, which again, I think is essential. I get emails every day from people trying to flog me stuff, trying to go, can you come and do this free of charge or can you come and do this? And you just go, well, I can see you you winning from this. (laughs) I can't see me winning from it, okay? You've got to think win-win. Fifth one is seek first to understand, then be understood. And let me repeat that one because I think this is important from a customer experience perspective. Seek first to understand, then be understood. And for me, that's really saying from a customer experience perspective, understand your customers, yeah, before you start telling them all the things that you can do for them. And I always use the phrase of, uh, you, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth and you should use them in that ratio. <laughs> Sixth one is synergy. Now, it's interesting because, as I say, this book is quite an old book now. But effectively, I could use the word diversification instead of synergy. Because what he's effectively talking about here is if you get two people together, there are things that that are going to be common, but there are going to be things that are going to be uncommon, and you can make two and two equal five. And if you go back to your thinking win-win, you're seeking to understand, then be understood and now you're being synergistic with this individual. You can actually, two and two doesn't have to equal four, it can equal five as if you look at that things from a diversification perspective. And the last one is sharpen the saw, which is effectively take time out, make sure that if you're tired, rest, make sure that you're spending time with your family, make sure that you're educating yourself and reading, listening to blogs, maybe um, a podcast, should I say, or reading blogs. Spend some time on sharpening the saw. And when I read those seven, and this was literally when I was, I guess, in my 20s, I thought, bloody hell, these are really good. And then I started to implement them. And actually, it, it does show that these are work because these are a number of the values that I now have. Well, I mean, that it's been a bestseller now for what 30 years 40 years i mean there's a reason that people keep coming back to these things and the great thing about human beings as we talk about is they don't change very much actually (laughs) so things like social media come about but it doesn't change very much and you know everything else what about you Well, it's interesting you mentioned the importance of failure. The last or the third book that I will mention is called The Upside of Down, Why Failing Well is the Key to Success. And it's written by an economics blogger and uh, opinion writer. She currently works for the Washington Post, but she's uh, worked for Forbes, I think, for a while and written for The Atlantic and The Economist. Uh, Her name is uh, Megan McArdle, and I find her just terribly brilliant. She has a lot of great insights. She tells a lot of stories about success growing out of failure and how important it is to try things and to fail well in such a way that that the failure doesn't devastate you, but that it instead gives you something to learn from it and the importance of, of that for kids and for education. And she even gets into kind of social policy and are our prisons designed to allow people to fail and then recover from that? Or are they designed to take people who have failed in some way socially and then just kind of make that permanent and debilitating. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting and inspiring and 
I've got a child who spent her senior year in her bedroom um, in high school, and she'll be uh, starting college in um, you know kind of a, a lot of uncertainty. This author graduated from business school during the dot-com boom, uh, or bust rather. So she had a, an offer that was yanked from her because the markets were collapsing right. and right. talked about how important that was for her in terms of recovering from that and having to reset her life and end up in a, a much better place than she probably would have been otherwise. It's funny, isn't it? Because lots of entrepreneurs will tell you that they learn more from businesses that have failed than the ones that have succeeded, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, a part of the story that can get lost when people don't dig deeply enough, Steve Jobs failed a lot yeah. <laughs> before he succeeded. And most successful entrepreneurs failed a fair bit before they became successful. And so everybody does. Yes. Are, are we equipped to make the best out of it? Yes. No, I agree. And one last book, which would be remiss if Ryan and I wasn't to talk about our book, which actually, interestingly enough, sparked off this whole of this podcast. That's right. And we're coming up to nearly 200 episodes of this now. And it all started off when we jointly wrote the Intuitive Customer book, uh, where we talk about seven imperatives that organizations need to focus on, some of those we've talked about on these podcasts. We had such a good time writing the book that we decided to carry on with the podcast. And 200 episodes later, or nearly 200 episodes later, we're still doing it. So we've enjoyed it anyway. So Ryan, do you just want to repeat the three books that you would recommend? Sure. So the three that I would recommend are The End of Average by Todd Rose, Uncontrolled by Jim Manzi, and The Upside of Down by Megan McArdle. And the three I would recommend are The Experience Economy by Pine and Gilmore, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And the last one we would both recommend is The Intuitive Customer by a couple called Shaw and Hamilton. I don't know who they are, but they're meant to be very intelligent. When you say it like that, it sounds like a private investigation. <laughs> I think your spouse is cheating on you. Call Shaw and Hamilton. Get to yeah, the bottom. That'd be good. Yeah, we could be roofers. You never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we won't fall off your roof without being pushed anyway. Okay, so we will put all the links in the show notes. We hope that's been of use to you. If you have any other suggestions of books that you've liked, then please uh, let us know. Drop us a, a message on uh, contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. Or if you've got any suggestions on how we can improve the podcast, then please let us know. Great talking to you again, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers. Just as a reminder, please could you complete a review of the show and that would really help us. Thanks very much. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. 
Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. <laughs>